I'm Crystal DiMicelli, and welcome to the Forces for Nature show. Do you find yourself overwhelmed with all the doom and gloom you hear of these days? Do you feel like you, as just one person, can't really make a difference? Forces for Nature cuts through that negativity. In each episode, I interview someone who's doing great things for animals and the environment. We talk through the problem they're addressing, the solution they have found, we'll keep some going, and we'll leave you with practical action tips so that you too can become a force for nature. Today I'm talking with Sherry Franklin, the founder of Mudville, an innovative senior dog shelter based in San Francisco. She decided to start Muttville after she was volunteering at animal shelters and saw that senior dogs had little to no chance of being adopted. So she took matters into her own hands and into her own home. Their tagline is, it's never too late for a new beginning. And this has rung true not only for the dogs, but also for people who have welcomed them into their lives. Sherry has received the Jefferson Award for Public Service. She was a top 10 CNN hero. She has won numerous Beast of the Bay Awards, among many other accolades, which any of the over 7,000 dogs that she has helped to save will tell you each one is well-deserved. Hi, Sherry. Thank you so much for being here with me on Forces for Nature. It's so great to have you. Oh, thanks for um, calling me up. So today we're going to talk about shelter animals and the perils they face. From 2015 to 2019, Shelter Animals Count National Database estimates that there was a net intake of almost 8 million dogs. Although animals enter shelters for a variety of reasons, the majority of shelter populations are comprised of strays, rescues, and owner surrenders. Shelley, what are some of the reasons that people would relinquish their own dogs? You know... I used to, when people brought back dogs or brought dogs into the shelter, I used to be so judgmental of every person that brought their dog into the shelter was just really a bad person. And I've come to realize that a lot of times it isn't necessarily that they don't care about their animal, though that is possible. The shelter will get a dog that just pees on the carpet once and that's it. Or people give up their old dogs because they're old and go get a puppy or some really good reasons like I'm traveling 24 days out of the month and I can't keep my dog because it's just not fair to him. Or my wife passed away and now I'm moving into a nursing facility. So I've learned to not be judgmental about people bringing their dogs in. It runs the gamut. It really does. Senior animals often represent the highest at-risk percentage of pets in shelters. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. That's why I started my organization, Muttville, because I saw it happening locally in my animal shelters here in San Francisco. The senior dogs who I, I was working with were not considered adoptable by the shelters and people weren't adopting them. So even wonderful, great personality, uh, loving dogs were being euthanized. What are some of the reasons that older dogs are considered unadoptable? Well, I do feel that part of it is the fear of dog goes into the shelter. There's something wrong with that animal that ends up there, especially an old one. People are afraid of health issues with older dogs. I think people want are attracted to the bright and shiny puppy experience. And especially if you have an old dog at a shelter right next to a younger dog at the shelter, 
it is more attractive to a lot of people. And we're changing that narrative around older dogs. I've seen a lot of change since I started Muttville 13 years ago. So how did Muttville come to be? I was a salon owner and a hairstylist for many years, but I had an affinity for animals, all kinds of animals. I started volunteering and really within the first year I knew that I had to do something because it was breaking my heart to see animals not be there the next time I, I went to my volunteer shift and I found out they weren't adopted. So I started taking them home one at a time. And of course that's not enough. I was just taking home what I could at my house and going broke, actually trying to take care and keep up with everything in my life. And I, that's when I decided to start the nonprofit. That's not an easy task. What were the early days like? Crazy at my house because I started Muttville and I didn't have a shelter. My home was the hub for everything, for dogs arriving from other shelters that we were rescuing, the foster families and the adopters all coming to my house. I had volunteers coming and going all day, all day. And I was still styling hair. Uh, I didn't get paid by Muttville for about the first five years. I mean, I don't even really understand how I got from here to there because I was just so driven that I didn't take note of like, but I needed the help and I was so grateful. I was so grateful for all these volunteers that I just gave up my privacy for a while. Nope, <laughs> definitely not easy. What were some of the other roadblocks you experienced? People ask how I did it and I truly, I'm, I don't have an answer for that because when you have passion like you have, for something, you become blinded almost. Once you get in, you become blinded to the roadblocks or the roadblock is like it, for an hour you're going, I can't do this, I can't do this. And then the next hour after that, you're like, okay, I can do this too. So every roadblock that came up, even in starting a nonprofit and filling out all the paperwork and meeting with attorneys, I was like, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't do that. And then it lasted like 20 minutes till I got used to the idea that, hey, I had to do that to get where I wanted to go. And that was to save more lives. Really goes to show like how much dedication you had. And I imagine it was an uphill battle the entire time you were working still, you were trying to get this off the ground. You were trying to save dogs' lives. What made you feel that you had the power to make that change despite all of those things? I had a passion for these older dogs. And I, I felt like if I had that strong of a passion, there must be other people out there. And within the first year, I realized all these people are coming out of the woodwork to help, to adopt old dogs. It's really just so rewarding. Mudfield is not your typical shelter where you leave with an emotional hangover from all the sad caged faces. It's more of a happy place. Tell me why. We are a cage-free facility. We have sofas for the dogs and for the humans. We like to make it as home-like as we can for the dogs that arrive because a lot of them have come from homes and have then gone to a shelter and, and, you know, they're confused and they're stressed. And so we have made it a really fun, warm, happy place where volunteers are sitting on sofas with three dogs on their lap, where all of our staff work in the facility where the dogs are. Our main office, which has our adoptions and intake team, maybe have 15 dogs in their big office with dog beds on the desks and dog beds under the desk. And then we have our main loft where we have sofas and dog beds and people. We have a, over 300 volunteers. They've created their own whole community. It's, it's truly 
a place where people are welcome as well as dogs are welcome. And people that leave, leave with a smile on their face, if not with a furry friend in their arms. That sounds like my kind of heaven. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit of heaven. We have open houses every Saturday and Sunday, and we have some people that just come and hang out. We know they aren't adopting. We know they're just coming to get some dog love. And it's lovely because the dogs eat it up. So it's all good. You get these dogs from shelters, rescue organizations, owner surrenders, and you even helped during Hurricane Harvey in Texas in 2017, right? We've worked with a lot of uh, different organizations and stepped in. We flew to Hurricane Harvey. We took dogs that uh, were in the facilities before the hurricane. So these were dogs that were definitely not going to be reunited. These were dogs that were being moved out so that they could make room for lost dogs. We've worked with hoarding cases all over California, which is another sadness that I see happening uh, more and more, it seems like. Um, so we'll take all the old dogs from a hoarding situation. Uh, we've worked with the dogs in the fire areas in California. We really love to be able to step up when needed. And we have a base of so many foster homes that some of them foster a couple dogs a year. But if they hear about something that's happening, some disaster, they most people want to step up and help. And that's afforded us to be able to say, yes, yes, we can help. What does it mean to foster a dog? Fostering saves lives. And the more foster homes we have, the more dogs we can say yes to and the more dogs we can save. I consider it a home away from home. Most of our foster families do it over and over again. It's a lot of giving a dog a lot of love. Every dog's different. Some of them have come from a home and they have all the training and, and other dogs need a little bit more house training or a little bit more handling or a little more love. Some of them have lived in a backyard their whole life. So we have foster families that run the gamut of what they like. We have foster families that just like to take the shy dogs home and really socialize them. And we have others that just want a, an easy dog that they can take to work with them while they're fostering them. Most foster families hold on to a dog about 21 days. That's our actual average length of stay, which means the time between coming in and then getting adopted. That's it? Just 21 days? Well, we have outliers that takes three months. I think three months is pretty much our max right now. And then we have dogs that literally will get adopted within 24 hours of arriving. That's incredible. I, I think I had just seen some story it's probably like one of those feel-good stories on Facebook or whatever that a dog that had been in a shelter for six mm -hmm. years had just got mm -hmm. adopted. It's incredible. I, I think that um, we take dogs that have been in shelters for a long time and we find homes for them quickly because people come to us looking for old dogs. So if it's an old dog that's been sitting in a shelter for six months or a year, there's a lot, not always, but a lot of times we can adopt them out fairly fast because we have that audience. People know Muttville dogs. We also have a full vet clinic that's part of Muttville with a full-time vet staff. And so we are able to give a pretty clear picture of health issues. A lot of shelters don't have that. So if you want to adopt a, an old dog from a shelter, you might think, oh, I don't know what's going on inside this dog. Whereas at Muttville, because we do full blood work and, and spay neuter, and we take care of a lot of the question marks that people have about adopting a dog. You have a special program for senior humans to get your senior dogs. Tell me about that. 
Oh, yeah. It's It's been an amazing journey. I think in the beginning, 10% of our adoptions were to seniors, and now 28% of our adoptions are for our seniors for seniors. We waive fees for seniors that adopt. Uh, we send them home with a welcome home kit, which might include doggy stairs up to their bed and dog food for a month and dog beds and dog bowls and everything that they need to, to have this dog in their house. By the way, we will always take a Muttville dog back. Uh, we've had a few come back from people that have passed away. We don't want any of our dogs ever, ever going into a shelter again. So we, we make people sign that in their contract. And tell me about Cuddle Club. Another aspect of our seniors program is something we call Cuddle Club. And we have one almost every single week with different senior organizations that come. And also we have an, you know, an open one for seniors that just want to come. What our Cuddle Club is, is we um, have a special community room and we bring all the dogs down to them. They hang out for an hour and a half, two hours, and they cuddle and they talk. We've had a lot of really isolated seniors come. We've had grouchy old men. And within 10 minutes of being in a cuddle club, they're like laughing and sharing and talking to the other people in the room. And, and they have a big smile on their face and you see it over and over again. So it's been sort of a a win for everybody. The dogs get love, the humans get love, and they also get interactions with other humans if they want. And I always come down and I welcome them and I tell them, I thank them so much for volunteering at Muttville to give cuddles to the dogs. So they feel useful. All the dogs are getting love. Everybody's happy. And it's just, it's growing. So more and more people are reaching out to us to, to have cuddle clubs at Muttville. And then we've also had a few shelters come and ask us how we're doing this and how we created this. So as more and more of us get older, we look for connection and dogs are such a perfect pathway to connection. I think it's a wave of the future. I officially need to move to San Francisco. There you go. Come on <laughs> I'm, down. I'm coming to cuddle club. <laughs> <laughs> So you even have hospice for terminally ill dogs. How does that work? So we get dogs and we don't know what kind of shape they're, they're going to be in. And some of them are just as happy as can be, but they're in late stage kidney failure or they have inoperable cancer, but they don't know it. And it's not a reason to euthanize if they're still having a great quality of life. And yet it's really difficult to put them in our regular adoption program. So for us, Having another alternative to that was creating a hospice program. And what we do with that is we actually cover palliative care for our hospice dogs. So it is no cost to the hospice adopter. And it's been so wonderful because a lot of times our hospice dogs get adopted faster than our regular dogs. People really find it rewarding to bring home a dog and give that dog a great last chapter to its life. I have to state though, that we do believe in euthanasia when the quality of life is no longer good, that that decision needs to be made. And we talk through that with each hospice adopter so that they understand that that is going to be something that they're going to have to make. And it's a hard decision, but it's, it's a necessary one because we don't believe in suffering. Yeah, I agree. Outreach and education is something you're getting into now, too. What have you been doing? We're working with underserved youth in the grade school level. 
Um, when they come to Muttville and we, we talk about the dogs, we talk about how to interact with dogs. We read to dogs. We're doing a lot of different approaches. But what I've seen is that a lot of these children are so afraid of dogs. Like they've never had a good experience with an animal. And ah, it's just so wonderful when they come and they say, I'm really scared of a dog. Maybe their own ex their only experiences with some dog jumping up on them. And, and I say, well, just put your hand out. And our dogs are so mellow. And we know these dogs aren't going to jump on them. You can see their faces light up and you can see some understanding of another being and how to be soft with it, how to pet it. They're going, wow, look, I'm touching a dog and wow, he's licking my hand. And I think it's super important for children to experience that. I think it can be life-changing. I highly recommend anybody with kids out there to make sure that their kids have some positive experience with animals, whatever the animal is, to let them see that other animals are feeling beings. You're obviously doing something right. What are your rescue numbers to date? The first year I started Muttville, 2007, I rescued or Muttville rescued 27 dogs. Uh, and that was a big deal. And now, even 10 years after that, we were rescuing over 1,000 dogs a year. Wow. We grew very, very fast because there is a huge need out there for what we do. In one of your videos, you mentioned a study that says that people over 65 with a dog visit the doctor 30% less. Can you expand on that? There have been studies done about just some of the basic health issues that seniors have, one of them being high blood pressure, heart disease. In those two studies... Now you're talking about senior people. Right? Senior humans, yeah. Sorry, senior humans. They've found that the their blood pressure is lower, and when they have a dog, they get out and walk more and move more. So you know, seniors tend to isolate, and there's many studies done now about isolation and loneliness and how that can lead to a lot of health issues and death. With a dog, they have community. They have a reason to get up in the morning. I mean, I think it holds true for all of us, but especially for seniors that maybe have lost their spouse or, you know, they've, they're now living in a big house and they're lonely. This gives them a reason to get out. And, you know, people stop and talk to you when you have a dog. I have personally gotten so many emails through the years from either the senior or a family member that says, my grandfather, his whole life has changed. He knows all of his neighbors. He communicates with me on the telephone. He's His whole voice has changed. And then I've also had people that have emailed or called me and said, you know, I used to be on all these medications for depression and this and that. And, you know, since adopting Wally, I no longer need those medications. What are some of the reasons you would give a person to adopt a senior dog as opposed to a puppy, maybe? Are you kidding? There's so many. And I do think that senior dogs allow so many more people to experience a dog. I mean, a puppy is just hard and isn't for everybody. And it's frustrating. And and with these older dogs, I mean, people get out, but they don't feel, you know, they, they aren't getting pulled down the street and their, you know, their computer wires aren't getting chewed up, neither are their shoes. By the way, I have three dogs laying in my room right now. And do you hear them? No, you don't hear them. I say it's so easy. And most of them are so, so grateful. They really know you've rescued them, especially these dogs. Well, both. I mean, dogs that have never had a warm bed, a dog that's lived in a backyard. You know, you give them their first bed and it's like, 
it, it's so wonderful to watch. Or the first time they go to the beach because they've always lived in a cage. They were a puppy mill dog and they never had an experience of going to the beach. And that just makes my heart sore. I get this from people over and over again, how easy it is to bring a senior dog or an older dog into the house compared to ever having a young dog or a puppy. Do it. You'll love it. So in reading and watching testimonials of Muttville pet owners, it seems that Muttville is life-changing, not just for the dogs, but also for the people. Can you share a story about that? I had a wonderful experience with family that came in with their three daughters, and one was getting ready to go through chemo. She was really just so shut down. I had already talked to her parents, so I knew they were arriving, and I sat her down on one of our sofas that I've talked about, there were two or three dogs I thought might be a really good fit for her. And her parents and I left her there with the dogs. And then we came back in the room and one of them had cuddled up in her lap and had made her smile. About the dog though, the dog had recently gone through mammary cancer and had surgery. So that was the dog that she ended up adopting. Got an email about about a year after that, Lisa was in remission. And what their parents said was that Lisa and Daisy sort of healed each other and helped each other through their cancer together. This was a, an incredible life-changing experience for her. You got me to cry. <laughs> Every day I'm rewarded by these dogs. As hard as it is to have to say no to some and hear bad things, every day is rewarding because every day one of these dogs we get to save. And then they go on to save somebody. So all the way around. That's so touching. Can you tell me about another time when you said this? This is why I do it. Quite a few moments like that. But the one that for me was a dog that I won't ever forget, he in 2012 came to Muttville and he'd been dragging his two back legs probably for a long time and had been laying in his urine, was just a mess. And he had urine burns and stains and, and everything. And it was horrible. I grabbed a big towel and I put it underneath his back legs and we walked and he started running and ran like crazy. He was so excited that somebody was helping him to walk. He'd never had that. I ran with him like all the way down the block. And then I got a help me up harness so he would get walked all the time. And we called him Banky Hot Wheels because he was on those wheels and he would run like a mile. He acted like a puppy. I really think he was really one of the happiest dogs we've ever had at Muttville. He never lost his joy of life. And I just went, this is why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for you, Spanky. You've given thousands of dogs a second chance at a great final chapter of their lives. And you even have expanded to help those internationally. Tell me about that. We don't take a lot of dogs from out of this country or out of the state, really. But I've met with a wonderful organization in Istanbul that takes street dogs into their program and cleans them up and helps to find them homes. And really, adoptions don't happen in Turkey too much. So they really rely on different groups throughout Europe and the United States and Canada to send their dogs to. And we get out of our thousand plus dogs a year, we get about 20 from Turkey. We love to be able to say yes to some of those animals and really offer some of the people that are on the ground in Turkey some some hope too, you know, some hope that what they're doing and their spay-neuter programs and trying to get these dogs adopted out of the country. And if you know anybody that's flying direct from Turkey anywhere in the U.S., please have them contact me because we're always looking for flight volunteers. 
if you ever want to go to Turkey, which is a beautiful country, you can bring, you can rescue a couple dogs on your way back. So I wanted to ask about the gala. What's planned for the gala this year? When is it? How can somebody get tickets? So our gala is always called Senior Prom, and you're always welcome to dress in your prom finery. We don't have our actual theme this year yet, but we do have our date. It's September 26th. It is a blast. We have at least 15 to 20 dogs there, all dressed in their finery. We get to crown a dog as the prom king and queen, and it's so much fun. Everybody enjoys it, and it's a great way to learn more about Muttville and get dressed up. We always have a really fun auction with great donated things. And we raise a lot of our operating costs. That sounds like a ton of fun. But if you're unfortunately not in San Francisco, what can the listener do for shelter dogs wherever they are? Every shelter needs volunteers, dog lovers, cat lovers. They, they need people. The animals need you. Start learning more about your local population of animals and how you can help. It's so rewarding. And if you're in San Francisco, foster if you can. Foster, please. Muttville always needs foster homes. It saves lives. Sherry, this has been so great. I loved learning about all that you've done for senior dogs. Thank you for all that you do. You're making a difference. Well, thank you. Thank you for doing this. One of my favorite things that Sherry has done is that she's helped to change how people view older dogs by highlighting all the great attributes they bring to the table. She likes to say that senior dogs fit into your home like a comfortable pair of slippers. Except these slippers will cuddle and kiss and love you unconditionally for all the days they have left. Ideally, we'll all grow to a ripe old age. I can only wish, though, that we'll have someone as concerned for our well-being as Sherry is for these dogs. They're all so very lucky. If you're struggling with the costs of your pet or looking to rehome him or her, be sure to check out this episode's show notes on forcesfornature.com for resources. I hope they can help. Don't forget to go to forcesfornature.com and sign up to receive weekly show notes, action tips, and be included in monthly giveaways. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to go to your podcast platform and please rate and review it. And don't forget to subscribe to never miss a new one. Hit me up on Instagram and Facebook and let me know what actions you've been taking. Adopting just one habit can be a game changer because imagine if a billion people also adopted that. What difference for the world are you going to make today?